This is Seven Sport on Dean Radio. Good morning. Welcome to Seven Sport on Dean Radio. That was. Three Lions, that is playing us into the show today, as requested by Ryan Butler. Do you enjoy that? Football's back, it's coming home. Football's coming home, yeah. Um, Seven Sport on Dean Radio then, um, we're with you until midday today, talking all of your local and national sporting news. I'm Matt, joined by Kelsey and Ryan, as always. Morning, Hello. lads. Morning. How are we doing? Morning. Morning. All good. Butler's, um, yeah, yeah, well, mate. Butler's on a high because they've announced the grassroots football can have crowds. So he's going to be going to some games very soon. Exciting. All he's yeah, said since man. we started recording is football, 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 football. So there you go. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard, but football is happening. <laughs> it is back. Football's about to take place. And also, sorry, note production. Note, Matt, I've sent you those clips. Thank you. For the quiz later on. Lovely stuff. So we have got a quiz coming up later <laughs> on for our team of the week. Our team of the week is Brimscombe and Thurrup. Uh, no, it's one team, not two. Um, and they are our team of the week. Um, so Butler's done a quiz for uh, me and Kelsey to take part in, learn a little bit more about Brimscombe and Thurrup. Um, we all know what Butler's quizzes is like. Quizzes are like, so uh, it could be very interesting. Looking forward to that one. I have, uh, <laughs> yeah, I've. I've excelled myself. You know, we've had we've had Swan Song or Ryan Song, Lemon Song or Ryan Song. We've got a Brim Song or Ryan Song, and it's literally, yeah, make of it what you will when you listen later on. And also a great second round, which I know Kelsey would enjoy in particular. It's setting the bar high, mate. Setting the bar high early on. Mm-hmm. Confidence. Look forward to that. So that's coming up. I muted my microphone. Let's do that again. <laughs> We've also got some news coming out of the forest this week um, concerning Cinderford Town, so we'll talk about that. Um, and then we've got some other bits and pieces as well, including the halftime bovril, where we're going to play all three tracks again. Um, we'll let you know more about that later on. But let's get into the show. Um, we always start with Butler's little diary and how he's getting on with his fitness drive. How's it gone this week? You've had a haircut, so that's, that's oh. good. I can say I forgot all about that. Um... Yeah, good, 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 strong week last week. Um, we said on the well, I said on the show, uh, well, when we recorded this time last week, I said that the plan was on Saturday to walk from mine to Long Levens's Sawmills Ground. So I did that on Saturday whilst this show was going out. Um, Google Maps said it would take 42 minutes, so I looked at that and think I walked slow, so target of about an hour, please. Uh, and I completed it in an hour, so delighted with that. Um, I noticed on that walk that, in particularly London Road, a lot of the hedges and um, bushes on uh, different driveways, they overhang into the road at a height that is not good for a six-foot-six man. (laughs) Um, I felt like I was in a safari, just swatting plants out of my face all the way up. Um, But apart from that, you know, strong week. I've reached my targets for, for that particular week, you know, uh, the 35,000 uh, steps and 
no, so I think it's 40,000 steps, sorry, and um, 35 kilometres were covered. So, you know, I'll take that. You know, it's a lot of um, a lot of ground covering. And this week's been a bit of a hindrance, really, because today, on the day of recording Thursday, um, I was quite busy at work, so I didn't get a chance to do a, a walk at lunchtime, and the weather was a bit rubbish anyway, so I kind of didn't really do it on Wednesday. Um, the walk was cut short because it started bucketing it down. So I had to take on the the weather and and the gods on the the journey this week. Lovely stuff. Um, so keep up with your progress on Seven Sport website. You'll be never update the end of this week. Um, and I always ask Kelsey what, what you've been doing. You done anything this week? Um, no. Perfect. There we go. Um, no. Let's get on with the show. <laughs> Let's go on with the show. Um, biggest bit of news this week then locally is Paul Michael has left Cinderford Town Football Club. Gutted about that, Butler. What do you think? What do you make? Yeah, uh, both him and, uh, and, and Andy Smith, his, uh, um, they've gone to take a, a job role up in the Southern Premier. Really, you know, leaping up a, a level to to the Southern Premier is one hard to to really ignore. Obviously, the, the location is ideal for for where they're situated, and yeah, I think it's a a move that you know I think Cinderford will be gutted. We're gutted, myself and Kelsey, because they're a good management duo. Um, always been yeah. welcoming in and, and you know delightful with us. So obviously, we thank them for for their support over the years. Obviously, I went away with them to have them Waterlooville in the FA uh, Trophy in November and it was a great day out and, and you know being able to interact with the players and 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 the coaching staff have brain as well um, the physio you know it was nice to, to get amongst it and they had a good group and they had a good family feel to, to everybody really so it to a lot of people in, in and around Cinderford and um, in connection to the club, it, it feels like they have lost a family member or well, two family members in in both of them departing. The <clears> question mark really is at this point, you know, who is there really available to take it on? I think um, it stays. Yeah, you know, um, so I think, what those players will eat. Yeah, I do think that you know a couple will make the, the step up to Yates as well with them. Um, you know, Paul are very loyal to to his core core squad. You know, based on the interviews I've done over the, the lockdown period in, in the inner spotlight, I, I would imagine someone like Alex Sykes potentially could be in the hunt for uh, the position at Cinderford. I think that, you know, he would be a great fit in terms of football knowledge, you know, be able to use his to bring players in as well that he needs to. But yeah, Kelsey, I think, you know, there is going to be a void because I do but anticipate now even though players have obviously agreed and committed to, to, to stay at Cinderford, obviously nothing's been signed due to the fact football hasn't been coming back until sort of this point. So, you know, they are, they will be free to just sort of agree terms with other clubs. And, you know, we've said all along, myself and Kelsey, that some of those players that play at Cinderford are, are you know, they're good players and probably could make a step up. Yeah, I'd agree with that, mate. To be fair, there's, there's there are players in that squad who... I've uh, probably been playing below their level, but obviously they've shown the loyalty to Paul Michael and, and obviously Smudge as well, like I said, by sticking with Cinderford in the hope of trying to get them 
you know, to go one step further than than last season. Um, obviously, curtailed by you know the the pandemic, but uh, it, it would have been one to watch for next season. I think it, they probably would have been the ones to be tipped for for, for, for promotion, potentially the league title. But whether or not that might have been a little bit of a reach, you don't just don't know at that at that stage. But yeah, it's going to be. Um, we do see a lot of the time when managers make the step to another club, they do take a lot of their players with them. Um, now, like you said, there, Ryan Paul Michael has been very loyal to his core of players. Um, have you had any sort of indication at all that any players might go? No, I haven't had a chance to speak to anybody. But you know, looking at it from the outside in, um, looking at who players, do you think? Who do you think would? would make the step up. Who do you think he'd take? I think Matt Bauer would be yeah. one who may not potentially be the first name on everybody's list, but former Cheltenham Town centre-half, you know, he came in part way through last season, mainly to find a bit of form, a bit of fitness. And, you know, he had provisionally agreed to, to stay on at Cinderfield. I think he would be one that, you know, they they could look to. Lorcan Sheehan is probably the one that, that leaps out more so than everybody else, I think. Um, potentially Andy Lewis as well. Wouldn't even surprise me if, um, if you know, Andy Hanna, uh, the keeper, ended up going, you know, depending on what the situation is at Yeti, whether, mm. you know, they've got much of a squad um, together after their manager left, you know, we don't really know circumstances in regards to that, whether they had players commit. Um, Paul Michael will know what, what kind of player he's wanting and looking for. Obviously, we all know that, you know, the back to of Nick Rhodes and Liam Angel on their day. Quality and Hill, for example. You know, I'm now worried about our sponsorship investment. You know, do we get a <laughs> refund? Do we get a, a transfer potentially onto another player? I think Blaine Moore potentially could be good enough to make the step, whether he would, you know, make the, the journey to Yate every other week or whatever, I'm not too sure. So it's a case of watching this space, but you know, there's at least half of that squad that you could make a case for for making that step up. Well, I, I thought, I'm sure a couple of weeks ago on the show, or the last few weeks, we've been talking about Cinderford kind of starting to be one of the teams that are starting to build their squad up. So it's a, it's a real strange yeah. time for it to happen. But I guess, obviously, Yate have gone in for them. Like you said, it's a step up. It's, it's an opportunity for them, and they've taken it. One of the names I was thinking that might, might be uh, interested in it is Jody Bevan. He's doing well with Fairford. Do you reckon that'd be something he might be quite interested in, making a bit of a step up? Again? Um, not yet. Personally, I don't think so. Yeah, no. I think that he, after the way last season finished, I think that he will see it as unfinished business. He'll want another shot with, at it. Yeah, yeah. with Fairford. And I think that if, for example, they saw a full season in, um, Westfields win the league, get promoted, you know, Fairford finish second or third or whatever, then that's probably different. But because the the league got cut short, I think that the Jody in amongst himself will, you know, him, Reed, Randall, you know, they'll want to to give it another go. Sean Morgan as well. They'll want to just test themselves against the big boys again, see if they can uh, replicate it. And um, you know, speaking to to Jody Bevan over that in the spotlight interview, you know, he's on about the project that is fair for town. And I think that he's the kind of bloke that we kind of want to see it. To, to its end or or what he would perceive to be its end for him. Um, so, yeah, I would say it's probably a season too early for, for him. But you never know. He may decide that he wants it. But on my opinion and what I've seen, 
I would say that it's probably a year too early. And well, basically, do you know I want to see it? Just give it, give it to, give it to Dave Mayhew. Get Boris back in Gloucestershire. <laughs> get him back. Oh, yeah, he still lives in Bristol, doesn't he? So yeah, might be a bit yeah. of a trek. Well, he said to me, said to me on the um, on the inner spotlight interview of him that you know, for 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 him, it's not a case of um, the door being closed. It's just got to be the right club, and you know, Cinderford potentially could be the right club. I think if um, if Boris does go there, I immediately sort of jumping out at me that potentially you could end up seeing Neil Musto and Matt Rose back on the coaching staff with him. Mm. Easily. Um, you know, I know Neil Musto stepped away from City under 18s to, to obviously look after the family life and what have you. But he'd be desperate to get back into football. And if the right it's all about being the right job. If they consider it to be the right job. And I think Cinderford, you know, that is a great job for the right manager um, you know, in the last 12 months, we've seen a lot of off-the-field improvements to the, the Causeway Stadium and, and obviously the um, facilities in which the, the fans can go and watch a game. You know, they've got an infrastructure there. You know, on paper at the moment, right now, their squad's fantastic. So all it needs is a new manager to come in. I'd keep, ideally keep most of that squad together with, with obviously adding a few of their players. And they've got a side that's really, as Kelsey said earlier on, you know, they would be fighting for promotion at a bare minimum, I think, next season. Yeah. Yeah. Lovely stuff. Right. We're going to go for a break. Um, I'm sure we'll get more on the Sinford Town situation um, over the next few weeks as we start ramping up towards a new pre-season um, at the back end of next month. So, yes, yeah, so I'll start building up now. Um, we're going to go for a break. After the break, we will go into this week's Team of the Week, which is Primscombe and Thurrup, and some other local news that we may have picked up this week. This is 7 Sport on Dean Radio. This is 7 Sport on Dean Radio. Second part of this morning, Seven Sport on Dean Radio. Good morning. Thank you for joining us with you till midday, talking all of your sports headlines. Um, we were just talking about Cinderford um, losing manager Paul Michael and assistant manager as well. Um, bit of breaking news as we record this on a Thursday night. Kelsey, that you've got there? Yeah, very quickly, um, looking on Twitter, Yate just announced uh, in the last half hour that Stuart Fleet um, has joined as a player coach. Obviously, Stuart Fleet, former uh, Luton, Forest Green, um, oh gosh, loads of other clubs as well. Um, Swindon Supermarine, where he's most recently at. Um, never Gloucester City though. Never Gloucester City. Always rumoured that he was that that year would finally be the one where he'd signed for Gloucester, but never happened. And now he's at uh, now he's at Yate with Paul Michael. Good signing, really. It's an experienced player and uh, a quality player for for that level. Good squad player. It's not going to be the first choice, but uh, yeah, it's a good player to have in the squad. Well, player coach, like you said, so you know, experience for them younger yeah. younger players coming through as well. So yeah, um, mm-hmm. there we go. Breaking news for you. Non league Wayne Rooney, mate. On the third non league Wayne Rooney. <laughs> yeah, player coach. Yeah, um, and some other local news this week. Um, Morton Rangers have got a new stand. Yeah, delighted to see that. It wasn't something that I was aware of that was happening, but. Um, delighted to see on Twitter that a new 50-seater um, stand has been delivered and installed on Thursday at, at Morton Rangers. Obviously, me and Kelsey went up there um, for the first and only time so far during the Easter bank holiday extravaganza that the Hellenic League put on a, a couple of years ago. 
Uh, most famously for, for that day, in fact, was that Kelsey was uh, suffering with the sun and I had to block out the sun <laughs> using my gif, which was Heat delightful. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely place, Morton. Lovely place. Yeah, I see. Yeah. Saw it on Twitter. Like the, it looks like the stand lock was delivered on the back of a lorry. There was like a lorry like parked up next to it. Yeah, it looks like yeah, it yeah, just yeah, looks yeah. like picked up and plunked it. Yeah, didn't surprise me. What a time to be well, alive. Yeah. Right direction. We talk about clubs, you know, um, trying to get sort of infrastructure and building for um, for the fans, really, more people to go and enjoy and watch and and take part in the the experience. And so more Rangers as a club who. You know, only last season did they start progressing, well, not properly, in, in the way they should, in the way that you know their ambition um, suggests they should mm. be. You know, mm. making that um, promotion request to one West, you know, from the reserve league into that league, it's a different cat of the fish. You're in a more competitive league. You know, it, it, for me, I think if you're talking to prospective players they'll be more interested in playing in Division 1 West football than Division 2 Reserve League football. So, you know, it benefits them. And now I start building and having things like a 50-seat stand, you know, experience. And it adds to, to the facilities that they can tick off saying that they have at their disposal. Excellent stuff. Right, let's um, keep it local. Let's go into this week's Team of the Week. Um, since we've been coming back from, well, since we came back from the lockdown and we missed a few shows, um, we've been doing a Team of the Week every week. And we started way back with Gloucester City. We've gone through the Southern League. We're now in the Hellenic League and we are at Brimscombe and Thurp this week. They're our Team of the Week. Um, we've had some stories on the show already. Two for already. the price of one. Yeah, for the price of one. Yeah, um, we've we've had um, a few stories from Brimscombe over the over the weeks we've been on the show. Um, so I'm looking forward to hearing your review and your summary of going to Brimscombe. Well, they were a club who, yeah, when we first started out um, covering Southern League and Hellenic football properly, they were a side who, you know, they wanted us to go and cover them. You know, it was nice for them to to get us down there. Obviously, at the time, Kelsey wasn't driving, so we were still quite limited in what we can do. Um, so, you know, when we were going to Tuffley and, and, and Long Levens most of the time, um, you know, we started doing the team in a month and we just weren't seeing Brimscombe enough. So we kept getting tweets of no Brimscombe again, question mark. And, you know, we, we embraced it with a laugh like we always do. It became our, our uh, name of our group chat. So, you know, it, it's always been a bit of a a good relationship with Brimscombe, you know, one over the years that, you know, even the players now, um, I think more confident in um, speaking to us and being more reassured that, you know, we aren't just not big time Charlies, but, you know, our heart's in the right place. <laughs> and that, you know, we, we do look out for Brimscombe as well as everybody else. And yeah, I mean, they've got the big JC up front, James Campbell. So it's always going to be a club that I'm looking at. You know, I love a big, Big man up top. Everyone knows that, you know, with my uh, preferential treatment of someone like Brad Martin, supposedly. So, um, yeah, the, the players they've got have always been been friendly with us. And obviously Al and and Scott Bowen, who, who helped run it behind the scenes, Clive Baker, the, the chairman, and everyone who, who goes... You know, again, it's uh, Brimscombe Mirror Club that have done a lot of the, the groundwork off the pitch in terms of their infrastructure at the ground. Um, you know, recently doing their car park was was one thing um, that Kelsey would be able to 
to testify the, the, the more efficiency with, you know, it's the, the gate further down now that you enter and it's at the back of the car park and they've got a turnstile in and, you know, it adds to the ground um, aesthetics. You know, everyone says that uh, Brimscombe's a lovely place to go and watch trouble with the hill in particular when it's a little bit sunny, not too sunny when Kelsey's around. Um, but yeah, <laughs> the Meadows are a picturesque place to go and watch football. Um, and, and yeah, unfortunately not the season just gone, but the season before that, you know, we were treated to many wonderful nights um, of entertainment from Brimscombe. Yeah, it's a great place to go. Uh, great place to go to watch football. It's if anyone's ever been, you know, they know how the ground looks. You know, with the big hill behind the one goal, and you know the big slope. Obviously, that uh, it's become sort of players love to hate it, don't they? Really, when uh, they play. Maybe I remember when we went there with um, with Luke Kavanagh that one weekend, Ryan, where we went to watch um, Brimscombe. Can't remember who they were playing. Um, Warren Bassett, that was it, yeah. And uh, and we, it was an interesting to get like the players' perspective from uh, from play, like an opposition player's perspective from from having to to play on that pitch. Um, and he, he pretty much described exactly what we would imagine him to to say. You know, it's quite a weird um, weird pitch, isn't it? With the, the uphill slope on the, on the one side, and then it's kind of like it turns up in the corners um, from from obviously the opposite corners to each other. So so it's it's, it's a it's a great ground. It's got a lot of character. You know, it's, it's great that we've got something like that in the local area uh, that we can go to. Um, and like Ryan said, I've just got to echo everything that you said there, really. A very hospitable bunch. Uh, you know, Al, Scott Bowen, and, you know, like you said, Clive as well, the chairman. Um, they're all lovely people um, to, to have a chat to, and they've all been very embracing of us as well. Oh, so, obviously, grateful to them for, for how and us. You know, we hope it's a mutual beneficial relationship. Even the guys in the car park, the, the car park on a match day, you know. They, oh, but he's here again. Recognise yeah. us, Mr. Bowen <laughs> here. Um, the, the, the same. And obviously we can't talk about Brimscombe without talking about, you know, the, the fans that, that go and watch Brimscombe at home. Um, <laughs> you know, they look out for Forest Green and, and Leeds for some reason. Um, but yeah, they love Brimscombe. It's because they're all northern, isn't they? And they love, uh, love the ball going wide, especially to Woody. Woody. And, uh, yeah. Despite the fact that um, someone like, um, <laughs> what is it, Johnny Welsh has been there over a, over <laughs> six months. Like, oh, you've seen number eight. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's just a great experience. It's great. Like, they, they enjoy it when we commentate as well, the fans as well. They're just like, oh, make sure you get that on the radio. It's like, it's great. <laughs> you love that. You just love the interaction, the community feel of it all, and that's you know, why we do what we do, really, and why we enjoy doing what we do. Forget all that. I know you've uh, pretty much every Hellenic club we spoke about so far. We talked about the food. What's the food like? Come on. I actually haven't had any food. Yet. Oh, get it. They don't. They don't. They don't. They don't do. They don't really do like the hot food unless they've got like a big event on. Then like I'll fire up yeah. the hot sauce on it. But uh, nice. Yeah, because uh, they, they have the, they don't like tend the to. They it's just, road, it's just reserved for uh, you know your crisps and chocolate bars and there might, might be a few sort of like snacks and Sandwiches. sandwiches inside the bar time to time. Although I will say there's been a few a few occasions where uh, where Al Al Bolton um, has said to us, oh you know. Uh, just go and help yourself to some of the hospitality sandwiches. I'm like, thank you very much, Al. I will. I'll bring some back for Ryan. Oh, she goes a nice back. Little plate for him. Oh, she goes in at half time to get a cup of tea. Comes back with a tea, 
uh, Pepsi Max for me. He's got like twenty sandwiches in his uh, on a plate. <laughs> I thought you said his pocket. Cheese <laughs> sausage rolls, sausage rolls as well. I'm like Christ, mate. I don't get any of them. He eats them all, but that'd know. be it. Yeah, I, I saved myself the, the Stroud McDonald's, which is my favourite McDonald's ever because it's just like. We've only been to like twice, though. Yeah, we've only been to twice, though. Why is it your favourite? I don't know. It's just like you have to go up the hill. Because like, <laughs> I'm not the driver, innit? You're like, go uphill, and it's like all on a slump. It's not, <laughs> it's not a standing McDonald's, is it? And it's weird. No. Oh, I, I do remember though, that. W- I think I got really mad at you in that McDonald's once because I bought like a okay. share box of those cheese dippers from McDonald's and you oh, had like yeah. eight of them. And I, <laughs> and I was like, hang on, I bought these to share. And I've got like two. I'd like eight. <laughs> That's where it was 12 and it was 10. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and the time you bought, I was a tea, you bought a tea. And obviously I was sitting in the back and there was no like, cup holder in the back or anything. And then your cup holder in the front was like an empty milkshake thing. Um, from McDonald's. I was, like, I was like, this is too hot, Kelsey. And I'm there, like, <laughs> my coat sleeves over my hands because to protect my skin, just cupping this, like, cup of molten tea in my hand. <laughs> and in the end, I spilled a little bit and Kelsey got angry. Lovely stuff. <laughs> well, yeah. Brimscombe, lovely it's place to go. <laughs> Brimscombe, lovely place to go. Check out the McDonald's in Stroud. There you go. We're going to go for a break. We're going to learn a little bit more about Brimscombe and Thurp after the break because Ryan Butler is doing the quiz all about them this week, which me and Cassie are going to take part. So stay tuned to 7 Sport on Dean Radio. This is 7 Sport on Dean Radio. Welcome back to 7 Sport on Dean Radio. We are about to go into our quiz of the week for our team of the week, which is Brimscombe and Thurp FC. And over to your quiz host, Mr. Ryan Butler. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Brimskimmer Frep Week uh, Week Quiz for the Week. Three rounds, rounds to uh, entertain you with. First round is a standard general knowledge round, uh, predominantly all about uh, the last season, 2019-20 sponge season. Round two, we've got three for you, and round three as ever. It's going to be me singing some songs and embarrassing myself. Now, first <laughs> que- first round, as I said, general knowledge about Broomstream and Frupp. Um, ten questions. So do you have your pen and paper ready? Yes. Yes. Obviously, Matt, who hasn't been to Broomstream and Frupp this year, I have benefited him by making the round multiple choice. Yes. Matt's strongest rounds. So question number one. Obviously, we spoke about uh, over the weeks and the months that now, Brimscombe didn't exactly have the best of seasons. They didn't win too many games in the league. But I'm asking you, how many games in the league did they win? Did they win five league games, six league games, or seven league games? All information correct from taken off the mm-hmm. FA full-time website. Question number two. Who did Brimscombe and Frep play in their final game before the season was suspended. Clue is that they won 1-0. And the options are Brackley Town Saints, Lydney Town, or Reading City. Mm. Question number three. I think one of the other local teams played Brackley. So, that'll help Who? Yeah, but they may not have played their final games on the same weekend. Oh. 
Question number three. Who was the leading appearance maker in the 1920 season for Brimscombe and Thrupp? Was it A, Jake Parrott, B, Elijah Simpson, or C, James Campbell? Mm. Um, question number four who was the top goal scorer was it A James Campbell B Jack Smith or C Ollie Pitt Ollie Pitt who a couple of years ago had an absolutely sensational season and was one of the top goal scorers in the whole of the Hellenic League little factoid for you question again, uh, again the Greece team though would he uh. Question number five. Go again, Greek. Question number five, ignoring your <laughs> chat. <laughs> we mentioned, obviously, they didn't win too many games, Brimsby and Frapp. Who did they win their first league game against? Was it A, Reading City, B, Brackley Town Saints, or C, Lydney Town? For those who are listening will know that those three options are exactly the same options as question number one. Ooh. However, different letters, so you can't just put the same letter. Question number six. This is a bit of a freebie. Who is the current Brimstone and Frupp first team assistant manager? Is it A, Tim Wilkins, B, Tim Hall, or C, Tim Harris? And we'll move on to seven quickly because that's an easy one. <clears throat> This is a bit more... These next couple of questions are more about the history of Brimscombe and Frupp. In which decade did Brimscombe merge with Frupp? Oh. A, the 50s, B, the 60s, or C, the 70s? Interesting. So they were separate entities until which decade? Question number eight. In which year... Did Brimsfield and Frump win the Hellenic League Cup double? Was it 2011, 2012, 2013, 2014, or 2015, 2016? So in one season, they won both the Supplementary Cup and the Challenge Cup. Which seasons did they do that? All the options. 2013-2014. 2015-2016. Number nine. Which kit manufacturer provide Brimstone Frupp's kit? Their new kits for this new season, 2020-21, look absolutely delightful. Free kits as well, which is always a plus. Is it A, Zapcan, B, Bateman Sports, or C, Macron? All three are providers of kits uh, a number of our local sites in and around the county. But which one provides the Brimscombe kit? Never heard of the second one. Number 10. Which Western League side did Brimscombe and Frupp beat to win the GFA Challenge Trophy in 2017-18? Was it A. Bitten B. Cribs or C, Chipping Sodbury. And that concludes round one. Woo! We have time uh, for Matthew, or do we need to go for a break? No, we got oh. plenty of time for the, advert, for the adverts, for the answers. 
Lovely. Do you want me to read any questions out before we go to the answers? Uh, no. Murphy? Um, no. I'll be very um, surprised if I, I get any. I think I'm okay. Perfect. So we'll start with question number one, where I asked you how many league games did Brimstone Front win last season? Was it A5, B6, or C7? Kelsey the Mario, what did you go with? Uh, six. Matt Yates? Six. It is six. Oh, woo! Go down the middle. Yeah, if boy. Stop the quiz now, you'd both be winning. Number two, who did Brimstone Front uh, play on their final game? Before the season was expunged, was it Brackley Town Saints, Lidney Town, or Reading City, Matt Yates? Uh, Reading City. Reading City. Two apiece. Reading City it was, and Brimscombe won a goal to nil. Number three, leading appearance maker for Brimscombe and Frapp. Was it the captain, Jake Parrott, in A? Was it B, Elijah Simpson, or C, James Campbell, Matt Yates? Parrott. Kelsey Demaria. Yeah, um, I also went with Parrots. It was Elijah Simpson. Mm. Oh. Homer and Marge letting him play every Saturday. Good of him. The lesser known <laughs> Simpson. <laughs> Question number four. Who was the top goal scorer for Brimstone and Fred? Was it A, the big JC, James Campbell, B, Jack Smith, or C, Ollie Pitt, Kelsey Demaria? Um. I put Jack Smith, and then I crossed out and then realised that James Campbell actually had a pretty decent season, by all accounts, so I put JC. Matt Yates? I went for Campbell. It was James Campbell. Is there anything yeah. that man can't do? Question number five. We mentioned, obviously, they only won six games in the season. I asked, who was their first league win against? Was it A, Reading City, B, Brackley Town Saints, or C, Lidney Town, Matt Yates? Brackley Town Saints. Was it the Mario? Brackley Town Saints. It is the Brackley Town Saints. Boys are matching it blow for blow. Number six, who's your assistant manager? Tim Wilkins, Tim Hall, or Tim Harris, Matt? Uh, Tim Hall, I ain't got a clue. Joseph Barrier. Tim Wilkins. It is Tim Wilkins. Boo. Question number seven. Which decade did did the Brimscombe merge with Frupp? The 50s, 60s, or 70s, Kelsey? But the 70s. That is. Me too. It was the 1970s. Oh, yeah. A lot of bad things happened in the 70s. This was one of the good things. Number eight. <laughs> in which year did they, did they win the Hellenic Cup double? Was it A, 2011, 2012? B, 2013, 2014? Or C, 2015, 2016, Matt? Down the middle, 13, 14. Uh, 11 stroke 12. It is 13, 14. Point to Matthew. And we're back all square, 6 all. And we are I would like to point out, I originally, I originally put 12 stroke 13 for that one, which wasn't even an option, so <laughs> well done. <laughs> Question 9, who provides Brimscombe and Frapp's kit? Is it A, Zapcam, B, Bateman Sports of Stroud, or C, Macron, Matt Yates? I've gone for those lovely people at Zapcam. Mario. I've also gone for Zap Cam, but I'm not it sure. It is Bateman Sports. Uh, lovely folk. The lovely Bateman's. Which Western League side did Brimsmore Fred beat to win the GFA Challenge Trophy in 2017 18 season, Matt Yates? Bit on. Bit, sorry? Bit on. 
Chelsea? Put Cribs. So it was out of Bitten, Cribs, and Shipping Sodbury. The correct answer was Bitten. Oh! No. Matt takes the lead after the first round. I can understand why Chelsea put Cribs, because the season after, Cribs beat Bishop Sleeve in the final. So you can see why that mistake was made. But at the end of the first round, mm. Matt has seven, Cassie has six, and I believe we're going to go to the Bov, bov rule, or have we got time for round two? What's the crack, Matt? We're going to do this week's halftime Bov rule. See you after the news, Butler, for your next round of the quiz. Now we need to cut a quiz mode and into Bovril mode. We're going to do the halftime Bovril. Um, this is the part of the show where we pick a theme and then we each pick a track based on that theme and we play the track that we'd like to hear at halftime at a sporting event. Loosely based on that, we, we just really pick a track that we want to hear on the radio, basically. Um, we're going to play all three tracks again this week like we did last week. Um, this week's theme was free or freedom because we're getting our freedom back. Um, after the lockdown, according to Kelsey. So that's uh, that's the theme, guys. Um, what have you gone for? Nail salons are opening, mate, which is an absolute delight for people like my mother. So she can finally get out of the house. Lovely stuff. Good. Yes, sir. What tracks have we I've gone for? I've gone for, for uh, Young Hearts Run Free by Candy Staten. Or Staten, I don't know how you pronounce it. But... Staten. Butler knows. Um, yeah. well, there's only one yeah. T, though. Um, I've gone for the Temper Trap live and it caused a bit of uh, question marks from you, Matt Yates, in our group chat. And the reason I did that is because when I when you Google the definition of freedom, it talks about empowerment and feeling um, powered to, um, you know, enjoy life. And, you know, the song is about being alive and being glad to be alive, which makes me empowered and it gives me the freedom to enjoy myself. Terrible. I think you read too much into it. <laughs> you know. I've um I've gone for Gala Freed from Desire. Obviously. I just didn't want to play George Michael, alright? I was tempted. <laughs> but... yeah, I was either stuck between doing Temper Track Alive or playing Elton John for the Delphi of Freedom. Oh uh, that's 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 just And you made too... the wrong choice. <laughs> yeah, it's too up it's too upbeat for a Saturday morning. Um, so those tracks are all going to get played. We're going to play one of them now before we go to the news and two tracks after the news. Hey, um, I'm going to change my mind. Elton John, Philadelphia Freedom. Let's there have Elton John. I'll tell you what, <laughs> let's stick Elton John on now. We'll play that first and then mine and Kelsey's choices will get played after the news here on Dean Radio and we will spin the spinner to see who's going to pick next week's theme. See you after the news. This is Seven Sport on Dean Radio. My lover's got no money, he's got his strong beliefs. My lover's got no power, he's got his strong beliefs. My lover's got no fame, he's got his strong beliefs. My lover's got no money, he's got his strong beliefs. One more and more
Welcome back to the second half of this morning's Seven Sport on Dean Radio. We just played you the halftime Bovril tracks. They were based on freedom and being free. Um, and now we need to pick a theme for next week's halftime Bovril tracks. I'm going to spin the spinner. So who's going to pick the theme for next week? Spin, spin, spin the spinner. See who picks the theme. Ryan's going to come up with the spin, most creative spin. way to work a, a way around this theme as possible. It's landing on Kelsey again. Can you re-spin it? Because I don't have one this week, so <laughs> feel free to re-spin it. <laughs> it's too much pressure. It's landed on Butler. Ooh. Lovely. You had a theme ready, you said, the other week. Yeah, I do. I do have a theme ready. Um, obviously, um, a couple of weeks ago now, um, we were talking on the show about the... Uh, Tyson Fury, um, Anthony Joshua, prospective fight, and, and Fury's got a fight in between that. And we're talking about how um, potentially it could end up going to America, Las Vegas, for example, for the big bucks. So my theme is, you know, you talk about breaking America, Hollywood is what you think about. So I'm saying any British song, so a song by a British artist or band that has appeared in a Hollywood film. Mm-hmm. So it's nice and broad. You have a big, big, vague topic to go and pick from. But any British song that has appeared in a Hollywood film. Love it. So mm-hmm. no British songs that appeared in British films. Talking American films. The big blockbusters. Okay. Sounds good. That is, that is quite, it could be quite a wide range, but I can't think of any on the top of my head right now. So, <laughs> excellent stuff. Um... Lovely. Right, let's um, crack back on with our quiz for this week, which is all about our team of the week. Brimscombe and Thorup, and Ryan Butler was our quiz host. So, we're going to round two. Matt leads seven points to six. Yes. Now, we mentioned earlier on that in the 2019-20 season, Brimscombe didn't exactly start particularly well. Um, they went on a run without wins for, for the opening of the season, and it did actually, unfortunately, lead to a few whispers that manager Sam Pryor um, potentially wasn't mentally right or, you know, the right fit at the time for Brimscombe's managerial position. Um, and it led me to replying to a lot of their social media tweets and, you know, his tweets in particular <laughs> with hashtag Pryor in. So what we've done this week is I've texted Sam Pryor. Um, and asked him about his likes and dislikes. And we're going to play a round called Hashtag Prior In or Hashtag Prior Out. So he's given me a list of his likes and dislikes, and I've picked five of each accordingly. Key, remember that, five of each. So I'm going to read out, you know, topics, um, names, items, really, everyday items. You've got to tell me whether Sam Prior is Prior In or Prior Out. Lovely. So... There's 10 of them. So, as I said, five of each. And we'll start with a nice and easy one. Anyone who follows Sam Pritter on Twitter will know this instantly. We'll start with number one, Fulham Football Club. Is Sam Pryor prior in or prior out when it comes to Fulham Football Club? (laughs) (laughs) Number two, snakes. A common fear for some people, and there are some weirdos out there that actually enjoy them. Is prior in or prior out? Yeah, now yeah. in this list, I've also you know delighted to see that you know some of my likes and dislikes are in here too. 
Um, so we'll, you know, there are a couple that come later on. Um, this one is cats. Now, Kelsey will know this, and I think Matt knows it too, that I don't like cats. But does Sam Pryor like cats? Is he Pryor in or Pryor out? <laughs> this is the funniest round. Uh, okay. Number four is Tribute Ale. Is he Pryor in or is he Pryor out? What a random thing to... Just random. Tribute Ale. Hmm. Not a massive fan of ales myself, but uh, this isn't Yates in who Yates out, is it? So, <laughs> you know. Number five, actor Denzel Washington. Prior in or prior <laughs> out? <laughs> How can anyone be out? Number six, beef stew. Prior in or prior out? I know full well it'd be butler in. Butler face in for beef stew right now. <laughs> Up the beef stew. <laughs> Number seven, this one made me laugh out of all of them that I saw. Vanessa Feltz on Radio 2. <laughs> prior in or prior out? It's about to put in for everything. <laughs> Number eight. Guaranteed at least five points. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Number eight, cycling. Prior in, prior out. Number nine, spicy food. Yeah, a lot of people can handle their spice, but there are also a lot of people that can't handle their spice. It's prior in or prior out. I'd love a curry right now, to be fair. And number 10, housework. Prior in or prior out? Lovely. Are you ready for the 10 answers? Yes, please. Number one, Fulham FC. Matt, is he prior in or is he prior out? I'm going to say harmless little Fulham, prior in. Kelsey DeMaria. We'll also go with prior in. It is prior in Fulham FC supporter. Oh. Number two, Snakes. Kelsey, is he prior in or is he prior out? Gotta be out. Gotta be out. Matt Yates. I've also gone out. He is prior out. Doesn't like snakes. But does he like cats? Number three. Prior in or prior out? Matt Yates. Out. Kelsey DeMaria. Yeah, I think he's more of a dog man. Out. <laughs> I can confirm. What a bloke. He is cats out. Yes. He is prior out on cats. And uh, dogs were on the list for his likes, but they haven't made the list for the quiz. So a little side note for you that he is a dog man. Number four. You get a bonus ale. point for that. <laughs> <laughs> Number four. Tribute ale. Is Sam Pryor a tribute ale man? Is he prior in or prior out man? I've gone in. It's too specific. Obviously. Yeah, I've gone in for that reason. Correct. Number five, Denzel Washington. Matt Yates, prior in or prior out? In. Kelsey DeMaria. In. He is prior in, of course he is. Number six, Beef Stew. Kelsey DeMaria. Prior out. Ooh, prior in. 
Pryor out. I was absolutely shocked. To Number seven, Vanessa Fouts on Radio 2, Matt Yates. <laughs> out. Kelsey the Mario. It's got to be out, surely. Just like the way of the Brexit, Brexit vote, it is out. <laughs> Number eight, Cycling. Kelsey the Mario. In. Right. I've gone out. It is in. No. is in for Pryor. Pryor in. Number nine, spicy food, Matt Yates. In. Kelsey DeMaria. In. It is in. And lastly, housework. If you've uh, kept track and knew that it was five of each, Kelsey, what have you gone for? Pryor out, mate. Matt Yates. Out. It is Pryor out. Kelsey got a full out. It means going in to the final round with all to play for, Matt has 15, Kelsey has 16. Love that. Sam will probably be absolutely delighted that I got 10 out of 10 there. What's the time like, Matt, for uh, part four here? Uh, We shall do the next part after the break, I reckon. Good. Let's do that. Because strap yourselves in. You're in for a treat. Another Ryan Butler treat coming up after the break. This is Seven Sport on Dean Radio. This is Seven Sport on Dean Radio. Uh, you listen to Seven Sport on Dean Radio. Good morning with you until midday, uh, talking all of your sporting headlines. And we are um, in the final part now of the Brimscombe and Thurrup quiz. Brimscombe and Thurrup, did I say that right? Probably. I don't know. Brimscombe and Thurrup quiz. No. With no. Ryan Butler. Um, <laughs> the scores are currently Kelsey 17 me, no, it's Kelsey 16, Eugene I'm on 15. 15. Um, it's all to play for. Back to your host, Ryan Butler. In the last few weeks when I've done the quiz, um, we've experienced a final round for the ages. It started with Swan Song or Ryan Song, where I sang uh, five songs, and you had to tell me whether they were in my playlist, uh, Slimbridge's playlist, or both. We then saw the return of that for Levin Song or Ryan Song for the long Levin's week. This week, I've decided to up the ante. This week, listen up, lads. I feel that you both get distracted by thinking about the playlist too much. That You don't actually enjoy listening to me singing along. So this week, I'm taking that all away from you. Six clips, right? So you need to listen to all six. And it's five points for the correct answer. There's only two answers I want from you. The first one, which of the six songs appears on both mine and Brimscombe's playlist, as supplied by Scott Bolton, and five points for the one song that is not on my playlist, but is on Brimscombe's playlist. (laughs) So you only need to give me two answers, and there's ten points available for this round okay so you just sit back and you listen when you hear one you think you know what that's a both or do you know what Ryan would listen to that and I think it's going to be on the Brimstone playlist that's when you answer and apart from that you can just sit back and enjoy the spectacle that's about to be round number three so Matt take it away with song number one Everywhere I'm looking now, I'm surrounded by your embrace. Baby, I can see your halo. You know you're my saving grace. 
You're everything I need more It's written all over your face <laughs> Baby, I can feel your halo Pray it won't fade away Halo, halo, halo Halo, halo Feel your halo, halo <laughs> Halo, feel your halo. Halo, feel your halo. Halo. That is Beyonce with Halo. And I thought to actually lead into these six clips by saying that all six are by very dominant female vocalists. So as these progress, you're going to hear some unbelievable notes being hit and missed. So that is Halo by Beyonce. Clip number two. Hang on. Struggling. Struggling. Technology. Here we go. There's a fire starting in my heart. Reaching a fever pitch and it's bringing me out the dark. Finally, I can see you crystal clear. Go ahead and tell me how and I'll let your ship in. See how I'll leave every piece of you. Don't underestimate the things that I will do. There's a fire starting in my heart. Reaching a fever pitch and it's bringing me out the dark. The scars of your love remind me of us. They keep me thinking that we almost had it all. The scars of your love, they leave me heaven. Can't help feeling we could have had it all. Rolling in the deep, you had the hindsight in your head, and you played it to the beat. Rolling in the deep by Adele. So far, Beyonce, Halo, Adele. With Rolling in the Deep, or either of them on Brimstone's playlist, or either of them on both playlists. What I can factually tell you is they're both songs by women, and therefore the notes are hard to hit. And that's going to be a progressive theme as the rest of these songs go on. Number three, yeah, I, I, I don't know number three. Um, I wasn't convinced at the time, but we'll, we left it in there, we'll see how we go. I need a man who'll take a chance On a love that burns hard enough to last So when the night falls My lonely heart calls Oh, I want to dance with somebody I want to feel the heat with somebody Yeah, I want to dance with somebody with somebody who loves me Oh, I want to dance with somebody I want to feel the heat with somebody <laughs> Yeah, I want to dance with somebody With somebody who loves me Ooh, ah. That was Winnie Houston with I Want to Dance with Somebody <laughs> Um, previous attempts at me recording that song uh, saw me extend that bit to the don't you want to dance, say you want to dance don't you want to dance section but it was too long and we couldn't keep that in what do you mean record, you're doing this all live (laughs) (laughs) I record it at home 
on my own and it's how it should be. <laughs> Number four is one that I dedicated to Kelsey, I think, during the lyric change that I did. Okay. I used to think that we were forever, <laughs> ever, and I used to say, never say never. Uh, so he calls me up and he's like, I still love you. And I'm like, I just, I mean, this is exhausting, you know, like, we are never getting back together. Like, ever. No, we are never, ever, ever getting back together. We are never, ever, ever getting back together. You go talk to your friends, talk to my friends, talk to me. But we are never, ever, ever, ever getting back together. Ooh, ooh, ooh. We are never, ever. You go talk to your friends, talk to my friends, talk to me. But we are never, ever, ever, ever getting back together. So it turns out I didn't dedicate that one to Kelsey, which makes me think <laughs> that I potentially dedicate a different one, but I definitely sang his name. Probably must have edited it out myself. Well, that was Taylor Swift with We Are Never Getting Back Together. Number five is one that will lead to people thinking I need sectioning and probably a bit of mental help. But, yeah, I enjoyed <laughs> it and it's good crack. Wish I could I could have said goodbye I would have said what I wanted to Maybe even cry for you If I knew It would be the last time I would have broke my heart in two Trying to save a part of you Don't want to feel another touch Don't want to start another fire Don't want to know another kiss No other name falling off my lips Don't want to give my heart away To another stranger Gaga with, with uh, I'll Never Love Again from the film A Star Is Born. Um, I had to drop one of my earphones off of my ear then. If you're, if you're listening with earphones on, sorry about that. Well, I mean, you've said that you play the clips for, for your wife and I think that's one definitely for, for Emma. I think she'd enjoy that. I think this one, number six, I have saved the best for the last. And I actually had three or four different versions of this one recorded. This is version so, two. <laughs> this is version two. This was the best of the four. Make of that what you will. Oh, God. 
Beyonce Halo, then Adele rolling in the deep, Whitney Houston, I want to dance with somebody, Taylor Swift, we are never getting back together, Lady Gaga, I will never love again, and Celine Dion, my heart will go on. What I'm looking for from the pair of you is the song that appears on both playlists and the song that appears on Brimscombe's playlist only. Five points per correct answer. Oh, mate, that's, t- that's tough, mate. It's I can't believe some of these one. would get played at a football ground, so... Yeah. <laughs> but two of them have. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Two of those are on Brimson's playlist. And Scott Bolton said to me when he sent me the uh, full playlist, no wonder the boys want the song, uh, the music to be updated. <laughs> so if you're both ready with answers... We'll hear from each of you which answer you're going to go for. Okay? Yep. Uh, so, Matt Yates, sure. tell me which is the both and which is the Brimscombe only song. I think both is Whitney Houston. I want to dance with somebody. And I think mm. Brimscombe exclusive is... Oh, one of the first two. Uh, Can I say, I've also gone for uh, I Want to Dance with Somebody Else or both. I reckon the Brimscombe only is Adele. Rolling in the deep. <laughs> You've gone the same. Uh, I've gone exactly the same. I've gone both... Whitney Houston and Adele rolling in. Of course in he has. He's lying. He just don't As. want to lose the quiz. <laughs> do, you me, do you want me to change my answer just to, just yes. to appease you? I can change my answer if you really want me to. Change All right, we'll make it interesting. No. Um, right, we'll go for... Mm. I know Ryan is a... Uh, I'm pretty sure you are a Taylor Swift man. So. As you know, Kelsey, five out of six of these appear on my playlist. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna change it to Beyonce Halo. As 
our uh, Brimscombe exclusive. I was toying with that. So, I can reveal that. Wait there. So you're saying? Sorry, you're saying that the Brimscombe exclusive song is which song? Sorry, Beyonce. Halo. Song number one. The song that appears on Brimscombe's playlist only is Celine Dion, no. My Heart Will Go On. It is true. It really? Is true. I don't I've think I've ever heard, heard that. I've never heard of Fader Brimscombe, but on the list I've been given, it appears. Wow. So, it's all on this one. The song that appears on both is Adele, Rolling in the no. Deep. So it means you both oh. get no points. So, Kelsey, was a quiz. <laughs> that was a pointless oh, round. One point. <laughs> <laughs> you say it was pointless. I say, you know, there was a point to that. I think everyone needed that round. And, um, <laughs> you know, you're welcome. You're welcome, uh, Dean Radio. Excellent, Steph. Well, there we go. Um, we'll have an ad break and a track to recover from that. Um, and we'll do any other business after this. There's a fire starting in my heart. This is Seven Sport on Dean Radio. Welcome to the final part of this morning's Seven Sport on Dean Radio. Flying through it this morning, um, probably due to Butler's singing. Um, it's just got us through, isn't it? Got us through the morning. Um, we're into any other business, then. This is a part of the show we talk um, national sporting headlines. And the group chat has been busy the last few days with the cricket chat between Kelsey and Charlie Hughes. What's going on? England capitulated, mate. That's what's going on. Typical, same old, same old. Yeah, typical same England. Yeah, not great. Um... I think we all sort of, well, we were all excited, weren't we, for cricket to return. Yeah. And then the first day was pretty much washed out, which is just typical England. You know, I think, what was there, like 17 overs on the first day? Yeah. England finished 31 for one. Tom Sibley left a horrendous ball from uh, Shannon Gabriel, I think it was, um, yeah. when he got bowled out for a duck on, after four balls. And it yeah. kind of set the tone. I can't, I can't set the tone really um, and then England shock uh, collapsed uh, in the bang um, you know Stokes and Butler steadied it for a bit and then then it just went really best went. Up at the end, didn't he, uh... yeah he did a little bit even even Jimmy Anderson hit a couple of boundaries which were very unlike uh, a man coming in at number 11 but uh, yeah sure. I think all out in the end, 204 all out uh, Jason Holder took a took six wicket haul which was Unreal, um, kind of, you know, putting uh, putting paid my bet for uh, for Kemar Roach to be the top West Indies wicket taker. He's on a grand total of zero after one innings. Um, he's got all the catching up to do, um, as do England. Well, the, the, the talking point really, um, you know, major talking point going into it was Stokes being captain. Um, all eyes were going to be on him and how he performs, and it didn't start well that. You know, the toss happens after the rain delay and, you know, when England are picking to bat first, you know. In typical English conditions on yeah. 
that sort of pitch. Which... With, with a bowler like James Anderson in your your Arsenal, you know, you're always going to be in business on on a, a wicket like that. You know, Stuart Broad, who's been mm. dropped mm. for the the test, which you know I find baffling. I, I don't, I, I don't think, I don't, I don't think he's necessarily been dropped. I think the word really would be he's been managed. Yeah. You know, because obviously there's a lot of test cricket coming up in the next. It's all up. I mean, you still think they got Pakistan uh, free test against against Pakistan? I think is there a test against Ireland as well, or is that just one day eyes? Um, but yeah, there's a lot of test cricket to be playing. When you're, you're talking about, you know, bowlers who are who are 37, and James Anderson, Stuart Broad, who's 34, Mark Wood, who's who's 30. Um, you know, there's a it's a lot of you know, seam bowlers in that in that lineup I, I, I think who, who need to well. be managed. I think as well, part of it is the Joffre Archer situation. You know, you're not going to play him, Broad and Anderson together. No. Um, you know, last summer, we saw, well, in the winter, really, against South Africa, we saw Archer in the squad with Broad. You know, Anderson was uh, injured at the time, so um, didn't really play in that. And, and I think now it's just the, the alternative. So, you know, play Anderson with Archer and see how they go as a pair, for example. Um, yeah, I think the decision to, to bat first is one that, you know, Stuart Broad has, has come to defend on Twitter and said that, you know, at the time the toss happens on day one after a short rain delay, you don't really know what the clouds are going to be like on day two going into the afternoon session, which was, was when England started to capitulate the most. And he's got... He's got a point. Obviously, Stuart Broad is, for me in the, the England squad, the best cricketing brain that we have. And, you know, for him to, to say that and make that observation, I think it, it's spot on. But in, obviously, hindsight is a wonderful thing. I would have probably bowled first, knowing what the English conditions were like mm-hmm. after a spot of rain, a bit of moisture in the air. You know, these West Indies bowlers, a lot of them are quick. They're tall, they're powerful, you know, they hit the deck hard yeah. with their bowling, yeah. as Holder and Gabriel have shown in particular. Um, yeah. So, you know, we gave him a, a free shot at a decent first innings. And, you know, as, as Kelsey said there, we've got a lot of catching up to do. We took a wicket right at the end of the day. Um, Anderson getting an LBW decision shock. Um, Anderson making the ball swing. So, you know, he's done mm. what, what Anderson does. So, yeah, it's, a, it's an uphill battle, but you know, we've seen that in the Ashes last season. Uh, well, last year, in fact, in South Africa in the yeah. winter tour. You know, when England do have their backs against it, they, they do turn it on. But you're without Stuart Broad and you're out Joe Root, two senior, um, you know, quality, world-class players. And with players still learning their, learning the game and finding their feet in the likes of Sibley, uh, Crawley, Rory Burns to an extent. Um, and Don Best, the, the spinner, Joffrey Archer. You know, it's a, it's a new wave of English talent that are being bedded in. They're being all bedded in at the same time. Um, so it's going to take time to get ready. I think, you know, looking at it, the, the long... Um, long Worse the Ashes in Australia, Ashes, isn't it? Yeah. You know, that's it. That's exactly why we're starting to bed these players in. I mean, it's, it's, it's you know, coming back to the actual, uh, the actual match... It's never going to be like a 400 wicket first innings, is it? It's, ne- it's never no. going to be that sort oh, of. There's always going to. No, it's you. always going to be always going to be a case of England would do well to maybe get something like 260, 270, and they do very well to get above 300. Um, but the fact that they sort of limped over to to 204, 
is really not not um, doesn't fill you with optimism, does it? No, when it's you... not what these young players needed. You know, uh, no, and you're thinking the likes of like Pope as well, who've been who've been so hyped for, for well for about what eight months now since uh, he sort of burst onto the scene in the South Africa tour. Yeah. Um, um, yes, it's it's not what players like him need, and you, you can just see when he went out, you know, nicked off behind. Um, I mean, obviously Holder got the wicket, and you just saw he's just so disappointed in himself as well. It was such a cheap wicket to give away, and players like that, like at that age, will take it more to heart than a player, say, uh, like Joe Denley, for example. Um, if he did that, or like a Stokes with more experience. So, see, I, I, I'm, I'm quite interested to see how players like Pope and and um, um, and obviously Crawley recover in the second innings the from is, their cheap dismissals. Yeah, I mean, the problem is that it's similar to, to, to batting collapses that we've seen from England over the years. Is it, you know, it's always the same sort of dismissal, the nicking behind, um, you know, a couple of LBWs thrown in there, but a lot of it's just the, the nick behind the, the bat. And, and, you know, a lot of that is down to the fact that, you know, the leave has always gone out of the game with the one-day... Um, mentality of players playing. Yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, I, I mean, I pretty much watched every single ball. You know, and I, there was a there was more shots that England were, were were leaving than not. You know, that it's just just so happens that, that there was a couple of shots in there that they should have left and and they didn't. But you'd think if you watch the whole game, there were shots in there which they left that players in in the past would have gone for and then been dismissed cheaply. So, you know, I think they are learning. Um, to leave it to leave it more often, but still needs to be a bit more uh, a bit more caution in that. But this is Test cricket after all; it's not yeah. one day. I mean, we saw that in the Ashes, didn't we? You know the the, the infamous head and Test. You know, you, you you turn back time to Joe Root and Ben Stokes when they were at the crease together on the, the evening session of what was it the third day at the time. You know, they mm. dug in after England got bowled out very very cheaply in that first innings. They dug in, and you know, you know Ben Stokes was what twenty off. 90 balls or something. You know, that's the, hundred, yeah. the application yeah. that, you know, some of the England players need to start putting in, you know, it's, you're there for a long time. You're not just there for a quick 5.30. You want to be getting your hundreds and uh, you look at someone like Alistair Kirk, who was a master at it, you got, he would build a hundred, take him ages, but, you know, he was, he's got the most hundreds that any batsman in English cricket history. So, you know, that's the sort of standard you've got to be looking at. And we've been quite blessed in the last decade in particular with, you know, some of the best cricketers that England have ever had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will say as well, it's been weird watching the, uh, watching the test with no, no, no crowd. I mean, it's like an LBW decision, the players going up and just no, nothing else. And like, you know, Jason Holder clean bowling. Uh, um, I think it was, was it Crawley maybe? Um, or whoever, um, just no crowd at all. Just the way. No, no crowd noise either. These players celebrating. It's really, it's really weird. But yeah, no crowd noise. No, it's just players and and commentators. So you can it's hear. harder to do crowd noise for cricket, though, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Because most of it is just really a murmur. It's just conversation, isn't it, between yeah. fans in between in between and balls the and, and the Barmy Army. Yeah. Although they did play Jerusalem when the uh, players came out. Um, as they would normally. The new national anthem. The new national anthem. Yeah, I mean, by the time this show goes out, we'll be, well, fingers crossed, into a fourth day. And, uh, you know, England haven't haven't been 
you know, batted out of the game by by the West Indies. So we'll see how it goes on Friday. Excellent stuff. Um, on to the Premier League. Uh, bad week for my team, Wolves. We're kind of out of the Champions League running now, I'd say, after a couple well, of Well, I don't know, because at the time we're recording, 25 minutes into the game, Man United haven't started yet against Aston Villa. So, yeah, quite disappointed with what I'm seeing while we're recording. Um, obviously, yeah, I think the fact that, that Chelsea went and won again, mm. I think has hindered, hindered Wolves there, because, you know, now it just sort of widens that gap. Mm. Um, as Aston Villa hit the post which I'm delighted to see didn't go in um, so yeah you know, we should find out in the next couple of weeks what actually happens with Man City so I wouldn't give up all hope if I was Wolves just yet you know fifth is still going to be achievable and you know it is so tight there and the fact that Wolves go to Chelsea on that final game for me makes it so wide open knowing that United play Leicester as well and Leicester obviously slipped up again um, not winning at Arsenal so you know suddenly I would say looking at it um, you're probably looking at five or six teams are still in the hunt really um, because mathematically it's still possible when a lot of them play each other hmm. Yeah and Sheffield United have kind of pulled us back in now with a couple of good results as well we saw them Yeah well Sheffield United, and... Sheffield United played Chelsea in their next game it's just flashed up on my telly um, and at the weekend Tottenham play Arsenal so you know, it's another weekend and, and batch of games where a lot of the sides are playing each other again. Mm. Now, if you look at that and you think, for example, Arsenal beat Spurs and and Sheffield United get a result against Chelsea, suddenly it's even more, more open, especially if United drop points in the game that we're currently watching at the moment. Uh, well, I'm watching, sorry. Or, or you know, in any other game. So, you know, and I, I mean, as I say that, delighted to say that Mayotte has just been given a penalty, I think. So, you know, <laughs> concentration for me is all over the gaff. But as I'm saying, you know, it, it is so wide open. Um, you know, at the time of recording, um, just as we were about to record, May, um, Bournemouth and Tottenham drew 0 0. And, you know, there's a bit of a VAR incident and potentially, um, you know, a handball right at the end that, that Bournemouth could have potentially got all three points there. Mm. And then suddenly Tottenham, you're thinking, with the win against Everton, um, again, straight back out of it because it's not good enough. Mm-hmm. Now, the consistency has been all over the place and, and you almost forget that there aren't many games left. I kind of sort of had a double take on Wednesday night when I put the telly on for for the football um, that they said, oh, you know, five games left. I'm like, really? Five games left only of this season? Yeah, by, well, just, by the time this goes out, it'll be four. It's four yeah, games I out. never really, I, I just didn't think that, you know, we we have run out of... It's, it's weird that football's been back for... It doesn't feel too long, but we've covered so many games. Mm. And, yeah, delighted, because Man United have gone 1-0. Uh, well, I don't know if that's good or bad, because I want Villa to go down, but I also want Wolves catch United, so... <laughs> also, also, one thing I would say is that... Um, you know, it's been—it's not only been good just off the Premier League back, um, the Championship being back as well, and and in the League One playoffs now that the League Two playoffs got sorted, League One playoffs as well um, came to a head this week. And I mean, a little fact for for my hometown, hometown of Reading, sorry, is that in the Championship, it's the first time in I think it's 19 years that Reading will next season be guaranteed a game against a side within 25 miles of Reading. Wow. Because the player finals between Oxford and Wickham. Nice. That's, it's crazy to think that. 
But yeah, it's delighted for, for the local area, a derby game for Wales next year. Um, and, you know, two sides that really, if you think about it and you, you know, talk about it out loud, with, you know, some big guns in the League One table, like Portsmouth, um, Sunderland, Peterborough as well, who always seem to be floating around the playoffs. You know, to have Oxford United and Wickham in the, the playoff finals, massive. It's a new team getting it. Well, it's a different team potentially getting a chance to go to the championship. And yeah, it's sort of similar to having like Brentford, for example, who we look on course to be in the championship playoff this year. So, you know, it's exciting. The football's coming back um, to grassroots level. And it's also exciting because it's coming to a head um, in the elite level games as well. And let's not forget, we're still a few weeks away from the Champions League in the Europa League returning. Yeah, excellent stuff. Um, that brings us nicely to the end of the show this week. Um, thank you for joining us. Uh, listen back to any of the past shows, any of Ryan Butler's singing. You can listen back on the past shows as well. Um, they're all labelled up as Ryan's song or whatever team it is song. Um, go Hashtag to- fire in. <laughs> Google um, Google Podcast or Spotify. You can find it on there. Just search for 7Sport. Of course, keep your eye on 7Sport.co.uk for any local news throughout the week. And, of course, the Twitter pages as well. Um, that is it from us. We're back same time next week here on Dean Radio. Thanks for joining us. For the best sports coverage in the West, visit 7Sport.co.uk.